Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, there is growing disparity along the beef value chain with consumers paying more at the front end and cow-calf producers getting less on the back end. Throw in high feed costs and the threat of a strike at Cargill's beef processing plant and there is generally just a lot of dissatisfaction on the farm. Livestock producer and chair of the Alberta Beef Producers, Melanie Woke, will talk about some of those concerns and why she thinks the cattle price cycle is broken. The labour shortage facing agriculture is limiting the sector's growth potential and causing some operations to question whether they can continue to operate. The labour crunch faced by Canadian agriculture is examined as part of an article posted to the Manitoba Pork Council website and distributed through Manitoba newspapers. Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl will share his thoughts on the problem and discuss a recent Canadian Agricultural Resources Council survey last year that showed 40% of agricultural businesses had not met their staffing requirements and the possibility of over 135,000 open positions by the end of the decade. After the break, Melanie Woke. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Melanie Woke wears many hats. She is a rancher, a veterinarian, and she is also the chair of Alberta Beef Producers. And we're going to be chatting about the beef industry right now. And I guess, first of all, Melanie, uh, do you believe that the cattle price cycle is broken? It used to be when, you know, I first kind of got into the cattle industry in about 1993 And you used to have that nice 10-year cycle, you know, where cattle prices would slowly rise up and then they peak and then they come down and grain prices would follow in the opposite direction. And it just seems like in the last few years, the cattle markets have become extremely volatile and we just don't seem to know what's coming at us day to day. Right now, cattle prices have been pretty stagnant over the last few years. You know, I typically look at the calf prices. That's the market that we're in as we sell our our calves here during the fall run. And prices at the store have just been climbing exponentially since COVID hit. And I can tell you that has not trickled down to us. And I don't want to speak for the feedlots because I'm not in that business. But looking at the fat prices, you know, they seem to be sitting in the same boat. So we just are trying to make consumers aware of this, that, You know, in no way has the supply chain all benefited from the increase in price. You know, you don't want to blame one part of the industry, but, you know, the packers are very concentrated in Canada, as we're seeing in the United States as well. You know, they have a lot more cattle down there. They only have four major packers. We have two here in Canada that process 80% of Canada's beef here in southern Alberta. So there definitely is the issue of a concentrated uh, market there. And unfortunately, especially with the cow-calf end of things, we're price takers. We don't have much leverage. We don't have much power or say in, in to what we are getting for our calves in the fall. And that's where we're sitting right now. Consumers are still buying beef, but there is a concern amongst producers that there is a certain point where people just have to cut back because of their household budgets. Would you agree with that? Well, I would think so. I mean, everything's going up for consumers, right? Everything from heating our homes to our grocery bills. You know, there was just a big announcement that dairy 
products are going to have a significant price hike. So even looking at our own food budget here at home, I just cannot see people buying things just because they want it. There's got to be some point where consumers are going to be buying based on price. I can't blame them. I often surprises me to tell you the truth that people are paying what they are for beef in the stores right now. That's, that's all I get from my family in the city is just the exorbitant amount of money that it costs to buy a steak or to buy a roast or to buy, you know, even ground beef. Up here in northern Alberta, I've seen ground beef at the grocery store hit $9 a pound. So I think it's getting to the point that, it, you know, the average Canadian family, I just can't see affording it. Now, we hear about a lot of people going around that by uh, going directly to the producer to buy their beef. And it's a great idea. A lot of people do it. But the problem is finding enough resources to slaughter and to uh, process those animals. I think the people out there doing that business are having trouble keeping up with demand. Is that the message that you've been hearing as well? Oh, that's for sure. These small processors, well, we're waiting well into 2022 now for a spot for cattle. That's a hard thing to try and, and do is to have your cattle finished. You know, there's cattle that need to go right now, and uh, there just isn't room for them. Like you said, there's a lot of cull cows that went to town this fall because of the issues with no feed, and all that's just going to back up. That's a huge concern for us right now. Melanie Woke is the chair of Alberta Beef Producers. Melanie, uh, talk to us about the beef supply chain review that's being conducted now by the government of Alberta. I believe that that process was backlogged a little bit and they are starting to work on it now. So, yeah, they're going to look at all parts of the supply chain to determine, you know, what needs to be fixed, where and how we can spread some of this profit out you know we need the whole supply chain to be economically healthy and right now it isn't our calf prices are quite stagnant right now the future prices for fats doesn't look great in the spring and our input costs are just skyrocketing everything from feed to mineral to fuel to feed the cattle everything has just gone up in price so much that our profit margin is shrinking every day and so what this should help us do is is realize where those issues are and hopefully you know be able to create profitability along the whole chain our canadian herd has been shrinking in size for the last five years and it's going to continue to shrink unless something's done now the u.s government is trying to use some incentives to uh, try and encourage medium-sized processing plants to start up or expand. Is that something that needs to be done in Canada? It does need to be done. Our past agriculture minister did uh, refer to that, that they were hoping to build kind of a medium-sized plant that would maybe do five to 10,000 head a week. It'll help. It won't solve the problem, but it'll absolutely help. The problem, you know, with us is we just don't have the same kind of money that goes into agriculture in general as the Americans do. If you've been keeping tabs on on the American government and and the subsidies and the amount of money that they're putting towards their agriculture sector, it's huge. It's in the billions and billions of dollars. So they just seem to have a, a bit more support from their government in regards to these things. It's something that we've, you know, constantly working on at Alberta Beef in regards to government relations 
both at the federal and the provincial level to make them realize that these are some of the areas that we need help with. The Americans received their drought subsidies quite early this year, and the result was that they came up and bought a lot of our feed, which also skyrocketed the prices. So we need to be on a bit more level of playing field with the Americans. Whenever the Americans can move cattle, it helps us because, you know, we have a lot of product that moves south as well. So if they can increase their processing capacity, increase their export market, it helps us come in through the back door as well. Um, You know, we are a very, very small player on the international market in regards to beef protein. The Americans are a very big player. And, uh, you know, with countries such as Asian countries that are expanding and wanting more protein, if the Americans can supply more to it and we can, you know, continue to supply our cattle to them, it helps us in the long run. And I guess finally, Melanie, um, is consumer support still there for the industry? You know, we always appreciate the Canadian consumer. They have done nothing but support us through the years. I don't know if you remember, you know, once BSE hit, the Canadian consumer did everything in their power to eat as much beef as they could that summer. And we just want to have them realize that we do recognize how much they support our industry and how much we truly appreciate it. Melanie Woke is the chair of Alberta Beef Producers. She is a veterinarian and also has 250 head of cattle about an hour and a half east of Edmonton. After the break, the Manitoba Pork Council is sharing their concerns about an ongoing shortage of labor in the agriculture industry in all sectors from production to processing. And General Manager Cam Dahl will address those concerns when AgriPod returns. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarland. There are growing concerns about a labor shortage in the agriculture industry. Cam Dahl is the general manager of Manitoba Pork. Cam, this issue has been a concern uh, for your organization in particular for some time now, but it certainly is uh, something that affects all sectors of agriculture as well. This is an issue that has been growing for for some time where it's it's been getting harder and harder to fill uh, fill the need for for skilled labor on the farm and and skilled labor to support uh, support agriculture that really has been exacerbated by by covid-19 um, you know it's it's gotten a lot harder to, to bring in foreign workers for for example um, to, to fill some of those those positions and it, it uh, you know all around if you look the Help wanted signs are out in in almost every window you can look at in businesses in in uh, rural rural Canada these days, and it uh, it really is at a point where it's inhibiting the the growth and development uh, that to, that people have for their operations, and in some cases it's it's even become you know a question of uh, can we keep going, um, and if if we can't get staff to come into the barns if we can't get uh, swine technicians it's uh, it's going to be difficult for for some people to keep operating and it's definitely a break on on further growth and development but do you see rural depopulation in canada as part of this problem it it's uh, you know that that really is part of the beginning of this problem where uh, we're seeing seeing our rural population decrease and there's 
fewer farm families and and fewer farm kids that uh, that want to come back and and work on the farm and and carry on with the operation. So that's part of the beginning, and it's also hard to get people from urban Canada to look at agriculture as as a, a really interesting career. So we're not just looking for for people to fail labor jobs. We're we're looking for people to fill careers. Um, and uh, you know, if you look at agriculture, it's it's not just animal agriculture; it's all of agriculture. That's uh, you know, on the cutting edge of genetics. It's uh, uh, on the cutting edge of of animal health and nutrition. And it's a it's a really interesting place to be. And and as an industry, we need to do a better job of of talking to people who are planning their careers because uh, agriculture should be a should be a choice for for a lot more than than we're seeing today. I understand that you had a chance to review the latest statistics provided by the Canadian Agricultural Human Resource Council concerning uh, the labor shortage. Uh, tell us what you discovered. Looking over the past uh, uh, past year, over forty percent of agriculture respondents were were not filling the positions that they need to to run their operations, and that's even higher for uh, for the pork industry, where that's over fifty percent. And before the end of the decade, we're we're going to be close to short 125,000 spots in agriculture in Canada. So this is something that that needs to be addressed. Um, and as I said, it's not a crisis that happened overnight. It's an issue that has been growing. Um, but agriculture as a whole um, needs to come together and, and look for solutions to the labor problem. But I guess another uh, important uh, issue, especially for the livestock industry, is it's quite difficult to find veterinarians that are interested in treating large animals. You're you're absolutely right. We have a, a vet shortage and a, and a vet technician shortage. It's it's not just the veterinarians, but the the technical staff that uh, they need to to help run their uh, run their practices. We're short um, uh, short across uh, across the country of of large animal vets. So of course that applies to the the swine industry, but but it also applies to to the beef side and um, you know whether it's bison or sheep or we're we're short vets and uh, you're right the the draw is to uh, um, you know to, to vets to to help take care of our, our pets and, and the animals we have about our home uh, but it's harder and harder to find people to take on those large animal practices so yes the the labor crunch it's it's in the barn but it's outside of the barn too whether it's vets or or technicians or transport drivers you know people to work in in feed mills support industries it's it's a it's a real real problem now that you've had some time to study the issue further, what would you like to see um, addressed as far as the labor shortage? Well, I, I think there's a couple of fronts. I, as I mentioned, uh, you know, this isn't something that uh, individual commodity groups can can tackle on their own anymore. We need to have a whole of agriculture approach uh, and uh, really collaborate across the industry and across the country to help solve this problem. It's it's a two front issue. One, uh, you know, talked about convincing uh, more Canadians to consider agriculture as a career. Um, that uh, that means getting into our schools and our colleges to talk about, you know, what an interesting career agriculture can be. It also means making the industry more attractive. You know, do we need to do things with healthcare or flexible hours, those kinds of things to make uh, make agriculture more more attractive for uh, for Canadians. And then we also need to, to fill some of those spots with 
with new Canadians. Uh, and that means you know, simplifying the, the process for, uh, for operations to, to access that, uh, that pool of labor. It means uh, having the right training in place, whether it's at our colleges or, uh, or separate training programs for, for new Canadians to come in and, and to have the skills that they need to, to, uh, to, to work on our farms and, and in our support sectors. Uh, it's, uh, the, those 125,000 spots are not going to be filled by, by Canadians alone. So we need to be, need to be a bit creative in, in how we ensure that, that uh, those positions are, are open for, for agriculture and, and for rural, rural Canada. And are the federal, provincial, and territorial ministers addressing the labor shortage as well? It's it's definitely on the radar. I, um, you know, I, I think there's a, a strong awareness of the issue, uh, whether it's in, in at the political level. Uh, federal and provincial ministers have have all highlighted the issue as as a priority. Um, not seeing the the solutions yet, but uh, hopefully we can we can see that. And uh, again, we all are also seeing that agriculture coming together a little bit to to work on that problem. I know here in Manitoba we have uh, have a, a labor task group that includes all the commodity organizations uh, under the umbrella of, of Keystone Agriculture Producers. So uh, that the issue is, is being recognized and it's understood the seriousness of the problem. Uh, we just need to get some of those solutions in the window. Cam Dahl is the General Manager of the Manitoba Port Council. This is the Agriculture News Roundup for the week of November 26, 2021. The latest production estimates from Statistics Canada confirmed the significant drop in crop production this past year due to drought. Wheat production dropped 48% to 21.7 million tonnes across Canada and 8.3 million tonnes in Saskatchewan. Wheat yields averaged 26 bushels an acre in Saskatchewan, down 43%. Canola production decreased 35% nationally to 12.6 million tonnes. Drought pushed canola yields to their lowest level since 2007, averaging 25 bushels in Western Canada. Barley production fell 35%, while oats dropped 43%. Canola crushers are counting on farmers to boost production to meet growing future demand for biofuel in Canada and the United States. Two new plants and two expansions are forecast to be online in Saskatchewan by 2025. Current Canadian crush capacity is 11 million tonnes. That would rise to 16.7 million tonnes in four years. And to meet that need, 26 million tonnes of canola would be required. The 2020 crop generated 18.7 million tonnes. The catalyst for the canola crushing expansion is the drive towards more renewable diesel. A small amount of grain went through southern British Columbia after the mudslides were cleared by the two major railways. The general manager of Alberta Wheat and Barley Commission says 600 rail cars were moved at slower speeds. Tom Steve said grain companies and farmers are watching the situation with concern. He said we haven't seen the full impact. With a smaller crop, it may not be as much of a backlog as what was experienced in 2013-14 when there was a record crop. The problem arises if producer deliveries are delayed in the country and they're unable to convert that crop into cash. A farm group is disputing the provincial government's claim that crop insurance payments caused the provincial deficit last year. 
Farmer Ian Boxall said last year's crop insurance reported a $2.4 billion surplus accumulated over previous years, plus a sizable surplus in the reinsurance fund. He said it's not fair to blame producers for a provincial deficit in a drought year when that surplus gets used up. Boxall said farmers use crop insurance as a last resort when experiencing production shortfalls beyond their control. The Canadian Beef Improvement Network now has 10 breed associations in its effort to unlock the value of genetic data. A cloud services company is in the process of creating a unified computer data platform similar to the dairy sector. About 95% of Canadian beef production is covered under the Beef Improvement Network. The union representing workers at one of the country's busiest meat packing plants said it reached a tentative deal with Cargill just days before a looming strike deadline. The United Food and Commercial Workers Union, which represents about 2,000 workers at the plant at High River, Alberta, said it was recommending to its members to accept the latest contract offer. The union said the new contract offer would be the best food processing contract in Canada. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarland for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.